Hey, everyone. Welcome to episode 18 of Bible and Breakfast. Uh, really excited to have Boomer Roberts with us today. Uh, Boomer is the head coach at Purdue University Northwest uh, in Indiana. Um, I met Boomer when he was the head coach at Trinity International in Chicago, and uh, he's just been a very uh, big encouragement in my life to seeing how how he uh, coaches, how he relates to people. Uh, so, Boomer, thank you so much for taking time to be with us today. Appreciate it, Andrew. Happy to be here. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> yeah, and I, it's been a, it's been a while since I've seen you, but man, last time I saw you, I know you didn't have that <laughs> that big beard going. So, you uh, got any plans on shaving that soon, or or no? Big beard is a generous thing. <laughs> I have plans on shaving it two months ago, but for whatever reason, my wife is about it. And if she's about it, then hey, it stays. For sure. Let's be honest. No doubt. I love it, man. Well, um, you know, kind of starting out, I know one thing that, you know, I've always loved is I've watched you coach and watched your teams. You just always bring so much joy to the table. And I know, I know that joy comes from your relationship with Jesus Christ, but wondering what are some things that god's been teaching you recently maybe some things you've gotten out of scripture some things he's been challenging you with um if you wouldn't mind sharing that would love to hear it yeah um i appreciate you saying that about joy that's something that we we talk about a lot in our in our marriage we talk about it a lot with our kids and we talk about it a lot with our guys so um i think adam bradley your one of your last guests he, he nailed it on the head you know there's a big difference between happiness and joy and um Joy just comes from something deeper, something different. And for us, it comes from our relationship with Christ and our identity being wrapped in that. Um, but I think something that God is teaching us as a, uh, as a family, my wife and I, is um, living invitational lives, hmm. right? When we, um, when we were younger, it was probably a little more rules bent and like, hey, this is what we're about. This is how we live our life. Don't do this. Don't do this. Don't do this. And maybe do, do this, do, do this, do, do this. And the older we've gotten, um, especially with where we are and, and, and what we're, what our calling is as a family, um, we just want to live lives that are invitational. Uh, the more you read scripture, the more you read Jesus, like Jesus hung out with people that, that the, uh, quote unquote, um, religious people would not be hanging out with. And he didn't, criticize them. He didn't say, Hey, why are you doing this? He didn't, he didn't come at them. He just, Hey, come to the table, come to the table, come and eat, come and drink, come and hang out, come and come and hang out and, and, and be family together. And for us, that's God just kind of reiterating in, in a season, you know, this Andrew, but in a season full of the most division I've ever seen, whether it's racial tension or political division or this COVID situation and, and how you feel about it. Like, everybody's divided and Jesus was a guy that said, Hey, just come, come, come experience that. So, um, that, that's what we want to be. That's what, how we want to live our lives. That's how our, we want our marriage and the way we raise our kids to be is invitational. Um, and, and that's just been something that God has been continuing to work. It, it doesn't look perfect by any means, but, um, it's been fun to see the spirit kind of work through that. Um, not only in our hearts, but, through the guys that we um, pursue, through the people in our community. Uh, it's been really cool. Yeah, I love that. And, you know, you always hear the word intentional, you know, being intentional, having intentionality. But that's kind of the first time I've really heard someone expound on the invitational aspect of it. And I think that 
you know, so many times we're intentional, but maybe we're intentional with an agenda or we're intentional with, you know, getting to a certain point. But when you're invitational, man, I'm just, I'm thinking through it right now. And I think that just is such a deeper meaning where, you know, you're really looking out for the best interests of those around you and you're, you know, really wanting to see them grow and inviting them into a lifestyle or a relationship with, you know, that has, has a bigger meaning. So, man, I, I love that. Um, when you, you know, I know obviously face a big part of your life and you, you talk about it being invitational. How do you incorporate your faith through coaching? You know, because I know you, you don't coach at a Christian school anymore. You're not around those type of people every day. And you have, I'm sure, guys in your program and administration that maybe don't share the same beliefs as you. But how do you incorporate your faith in a program where you have so many different types of people in today's world? Great question. And um, I played at a faith-based university, um, started coaching there. That's really where I got the opportunity to be a head coach was our success there and, and some other people that were, you know, I was fortunate enough that they spoke highly enough of me to allow me to get a head coaching opportunity. So I'm very thankful. Um, and I think there are coaches in the faith-based institutions that do an unbelievable job at discipleship and, um, just furthering guys' faith. For us, it just got to a point where it's like the way that I'm created, the way that my wife and I, our hearts are bent is probably towards people who who couldn't tell you where Genesis was in the Bible. And when you when you talk about, hey, this is what I'm reading in the Word, they're like, what does that mean? <laughs> you know? Um, and it, it's an exciting thing for us. Obviously, Purdue Northwest is a, is a not a faith-based institution. It's a bigger school, you know, upwards of 10,000 students. Um, and so it's been a different challenge for us, but honestly, our faith has grown more. And I think the way that you live your life, um, I'm in, um, Timothy right now, first Timothy. And he talks about, you know, set an example through speech, through your life, through your love, through your faith, through, through your purity. And, and again, the example that we set isn't always great. You know, I wish there's certain things that I do and say that I'm like, man, I wish I would have done that differently. Um, but it's, 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 it's how you live. It's, it's the, the way you walk in a room with joy. It's, it's your presence. It's your peace in a time where there's very little peace. Um, it's invitational in terms of getting guys to church or, or small groups. It's, it's taking guys on walks around campus and just diving into their lives. We got a lot of guys from single parent homes or no parent homes. We got a lot of guys that have never seen um, a strong marriage modeled. Um, we got guys in our, in our living rooms, eating food and, and hanging out and watching games, you know, obviously with the NCAA guidelines as, as much as we can. Um, but it's one of those things where we don't, we don't do it perfect. Um, but that's the whole deal of the gospel, right? It's imperfect people living imperfect lives and, and, and Jesus is grace going, man, I'll, I'll be perfect for you. All you got to do is be about it. And, uh, and so for us, our faith has just been magnified. I'm like, why are you so different? And let me tell you why, you know, um, and it's just pointing back to Jesus. Yeah. Have you, have you seen that as you, you know, you build these relationships with your players and you guys just live, you know, you live with a biblical perspective. Have you seen any examples of players or uh, people you work with? Just like you said, they see that you're different. And they start asking questions. Have you seen any, or do you have any stories of someone whose life's just kind of been 
changed or you've seen, man, like that, that made a huge impact on this person. Yeah. There's, there's a couple that stick out. Um, you know, uh, we had one guy, uh, give his life to Jesus last year. And that was a, that was a pretty special moment. Um, obviously when we invite guys to any, anything faith-based, it is completely on their own. It's not mandatory. It does not lead to more playing time or more favor with the coaches. Like we love dudes from all walks of life, from all faiths. Um, you know, that's, that's just the way that we want to rock with them. Um, but seeing guys give their life to Jesus or seeing guys start asking more questions on like, you know, what does this mean? And why this, um, it, you know, I, I want to protect some of the guys privacy and stuff here, but it, it has been cool to see that fruit. Um, uh, I will be honest, the fruit does not come as often as it did. We don't see it as often as it did when we were at Trinity or at Vanguard, um, where these guys are inundated with scripture and inundated with people who are coming around them and saying, Hey, how can I pray for you? How can I walk with you? How can I serve you? But a good friend of mine, Steve Carter, who actually wrote a book, this invitational life, um, he talks about just spreading seeds, spreading seeds, spreading seeds. And my pastor and I, our pastor here in Hammond, we had lunch yesterday. And that's what we were talking about is in the parable of the sower, you know, 25%. And that you look at that number and you're like, man, that's, that's kind of tough. But our job is not to produce the salvation. Our, our job is to spread seeds and invite. And so for us at Purdue Northwest, no, however long we're here, um, we may not see the fruit immediately. And we may not even be around when the fruit happens, but we're confident that God is working through my wife and I, our kids, um, our staff, and and our guys are seeing something different, maybe for the first time in their lives. So um, as much as I want to see big stories and fruit and incredible, you know, 180s, changing family trees, things like that, it hasn't happened on my timeline necessarily but I know God is at work and and he is a faithful God to finish what he started. So um, hopefully we'll look back in 25, 30 and go, wow, look what you did there. Yeah. I love that mindset of, you know, planting the seeds and we don't always see the fruit and you're totally right about that. And I think sometimes as, as coaches, as leaders, you know, that can be discouraging if you don't have the right mindset, you know, if you're putting this work in and you're talking to people about Jesus or you're just trying to, you know, just help a kid, you know, grow and, and have a better life. And if it's not happening right away, I know it, I've had instances where it can be discouraging at times because you just love them so much and you want it so bad for them. But, you know, just having that, that mindset that no, like you're right, God, God's in control. I'm planting these seeds and Hey, the, the fruit might be today. It might be tomorrow. Or like you said, 25 years from now. And, you know, I think as coaches, that's so powerful to understand that, that what we're doing now may not, may not translate for overnight, but um, it is going to have a meaningful impact down the road. And, um, that's so cool. It's hard, um, right? Because yeah, we love to be in, we love to be in control. We we want to get the right action in. We want to you know, as coaches, we want to handle situations. But that's what God is saying. Hey, you're not in control. I'm in control. And are you good with that? And mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And you know, just that mindset too of you know persevering. I, I've seen it obviously with your faith, but then I've also seen it come from you as a head coach. You, you've been around some successful programs, you know, at Vanguard, and then you've taken some struggling programs and you've turned them around and you're do you're in the process of doing that now at Purdue University Northwest. But kind of curious, is there is there a certain like, you know, core value or something that you attribute to 
being able to turn programs around something that you do as a coach, something you do as a staff? Is there, is there kind of a, a secret that you say, man, this is, this is the core of, of what we do and why we do it. You're hitting me with some great questions early. <laughs> um, I think God loves to work through average people. When people say how, how, you know, we had the greatest turnaround in America at Trinity at any level. Mm-hmm. I went to 30 and, and, three years and at Vanguard, we went from six to 32 in four years and won the national title. And that, at that, I was an assistant coach who was just, I was high-fiving and butt-slapping and encouraging. I wasn't, <laughs> coach Soliday was, was calling all the shots. But um, I think it's just proof, coach, that God works through extraordinarily average people. You look at scripture, you look at, you look at Gideon, you look at Moses, you look at Noah, you look at David. I mean, these people are not people you would choose to change the world. Um, the disciples were fools, right? Like they, these guys were just normal cats. And and that's all we are is like, I'm as normal as it gets um, for a college basketball head coach. People always ask me, what's the difference? We pray a ton. Um, we do, you know, we do prayer circles around our gym. We dive into the lives of our guys. I think we've been fortunate to recruit really well because players win games. Like that's, that's just the reality. Um, and we're very competitive. Got, I remember ranking things, um, you know, my 12 favorite sports when I was three and, you know, my top 10 movies of every category when I was seven, <laughs> like God made me competitive. Um, and I'm living in that, but at the same time, like this, this is nothing short of God just working through people who are obedient. Our, our Brittany and I, I keep bringing my wife in this, but it is because we're like, this is not boomers vision. This is our vision. Um, I won't get into the whole thing, but basically the, the vision for us is to lead people over, over a fence from this, you know, dry and gray side to this green side. And the way we do that is just saying, yes, Lord, we want to be obedient. If you take us to the Midwest, we're going to go. If you take us to Northwest Indiana, we're going to go, you know, and, and when you're obedient to, to the Lord and you work your tail off, um, normally, you know, it may not happen in, in, in the timing you want, you know, it's been a tough couple of years here, but like I said earlier, God is faithful. Um, we've seen some amazing things and it's all him. It's just the power of showing up and being obedient and, and letting his timing uh, take over. Yeah, that's so cool. What are some things that you guys have been doing? Obviously, I know you haven't quite been able to get into workouts yet, but what are some things you guys have been doing to prepare for the season? Uh, not only as a staff, but how you've been keeping your guys engaged and and kind of what, what have you been doing and what's the the plan going forward here? We are not allowed to work out with our guys. Um, so we're NCAA division two, um, and different, you know, there's different regions and different States that can do different things. Even within our own league, um, there's different schools that some are playing and, and, and some are, you know, not allowed in the gym at all with their guys. We're probably in the middle, um, where our guys have access to a gym. They gotta be masked up, you know, things like that, but we can't be in there. Um, so what we've taken a, a big approach, and we do this anyways, is, is individual meetings, um, small group meetings. And we don't have, we have agendas in certain areas, but a lot of times it's just the guys coming in, sitting down on the couch and what's going on in life, man. And we, we say this all the time. I've said this on a couple other things I've spoken at, like the power of asking questions and then shutting up and listening is incredible. People always, you know, this generation, this, this generation, this, my sister and I were talking about as we were on the road recruiting last night, like what this generation will do is t- 
talk if you just shut up and listen. And when they get to talk and express themselves, you learn so much about them. And man, that, that creates family. Yeah, I love that. I'm writing that down right now because it's it's something we know. We know that we we need to ask questions and, and engage in conversation with our players, but sometimes we we forget to shut up and listen. And I think that's so powerful. And I know you're fantastic at doing that, building relationships, and it's one reason you've been so successful. But thanks so much, Coach, for for taking time to uh, to be with us today. Are you are you an NFL guy? I am an NFL guy. Have you have you become a Bears fan since you've been living in the Chicago area or? So I played for the Bears for a while. We're we're real close. Um, he's no longer a Bear, um, but I'm an I'm an Arizona guy, Southern California. Okay. I'm an Arizona Cardinals guy. Give me Kyler Murray. Give me Larry. <laughs> I think this is a year. Don't sleep on the cards. Maybe. Okay, okay. Well, I'm glad to hear you're not a Bears fan. I just wanted to make sure I'm a Packers guy, so I just want to make sure that being <laughs> you know being in the so the you're Chicago a Jordan area. Guy? No, not a Jordan. That's that's a bad move. That's a bad move there. But hey, he's a third string quarterback now, so we're in good shape if if they all get hurt. So nothing well, like a first round pick on a third string quarterback. I hear you. I hear you. Well, thank you so much for taking time, man. I really appreciate it, and I'm excited to watch uh, you guys this season and and just see. Assuming we have a season, but see you guys grow and and keep being successful. So thanks, Boomer. Coach, thanks for having me on. Keep uh keep pouring in, man. You're doing an unbelievable job at being a city on a hill in a place that needs it in a society that needs it. Um, and I'm not just saying that cause you have me on you. You're big time at this. Um, you're, you're spreading seeds. So, uh, appreciate you appreciate what you're about. Keep making a difference. Thanks boomer. That is good.